Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is an absolutely amazing actor who starred in easily one of the best TV shows of the last 20 years and we get to sit down and talk all about Breaking Bad, all about the brand new film Triumph and so much more. I'm thrilled to announce that today's guest is the amazing RJ Mitty. I was lucky enough to meet RJ Mitty face to face around four years ago at an MCM Comic Con. He was a great guy and we got to talk all about Breaking Bad. But so much has happened since then, I'm thrilled that he's back and I can't wait to share the episode with you in just a few minutes time. But by now, you know what I like to do. It's a great opportunity at the start of each podcast to discuss the previous episode. And on episode 145, I was joined by Boise himself, John Chalice. Thanks so much for everyone that tuned in, got to hear all about Only Fools and Horses and his brand new series, Boise and Belgrade. A huge, huge thank you to everyone that listened and the feedback as always was phenomenal, so thank you. But let's get back to today's episode. I want to get straight to this interview. It's so good and RJ is one of the nicest guys in the business. So here's me and RJ Mitty talking all things TV and film. So RJ, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Now, obviously, we will get on to the point of talking about Breaking Bad, your latest film and all those sorts of things. But before we get there, let's take it back to the start. And I want to know what it was when you were growing up that made you fall in love with the idea of being an actor. You know, I, I started because of my sister, right? My sister was one and a half and she got casted out of a water park. And that's kind of what brought us to L.A. And, you know, if you don't go to school, you uh, you don't join a gang and you don't act and you live in L.A., why are you there? Um, like, you know, I didn't really know anyone, didn't really have friends. Uh, so I kind of um, started acting to really just meet people, meet kids my own age and uh, turned into a career. You know, here we are 15 16 years later uh and i couldn't imagine i i just couldn't imagine my life any other way and uh it was a surreal thing to just kind of just stumble upon at the same time work for you know yeah. I, I wasn't really working for a, a, a career like this but at the same time i wasn't not working for for something yeah i started off as as, as an extra on Hannah Montana, Everybody Hates Chris, Weed, Seventh Heaven. And uh, I always recommend to everyone, if they want to get into the industry and start acting, um, extra work is the way to go. Uh, you know, it, it teaches you set etiquette. It provides yeah. you an opportunity to even be on set when most actors audition but never actually even step foot on a set before. It, you know, it provides a lot of tools that can give you a great start in your career. So um, I'm a firm believer of, of, of going down that path in the beginning, just in yeah. case, cause you might not like it. You know, you might get on the set and be like, man, this is shit. Um, can you, and, can you remember uh, those um, early first auditions? So you said you went on weeds and all these American TV shows, but can you remember, did you have that fear and that fright of turning up these auditions kind of knowing that you really wanted it badly? You know, I think there was two projects that I really wanted badly. And one yeah. of them I did not get. 
and luckily one of them I did get, and that was called Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, there, there's a lot of fear in, in, in everything in life. Um, you know, you can, you can go into things very fearful, but I find, uh, I was very lucky that I learned early on in my career. It's not up to me to get the job, you know, especially like in acting, it's not up to you. No. You know, you could be the best actor in the world. You could be, you could say your lives perfectly and do all the right things. It doesn't mean you're going to get the job. Like you can go, you can go work any other job in the world and have all the correct all the credentials that they need and they and they'll they'll probably hire you but it's not the same for actors no. you can have all those same credentials and they just be like eh, i don't like his hair how his hair falls like that's as simple as that and you might not and you're not going to get the job um so I mean, you mentioned breaking bad and i think any listener right now that would be listening will be you know, kicking my ass if I didn't talk about it. And I know, you, it. I know you get probably asked about it all the time, but how did that audition come about? You know, how did it get that you're going to be involved? Cause surely you never believed that when you went to this audition, it would ever become probably one of the most iconic TV shows of our generation. No, I, I, I couldn't imagine what breaking bad would be. Uh, what breaking bad was then is today. Yeah. I, I just could not imagine. Uh, you know, it was one of those surreal things where the role pretty much described me. And it said, dark, dark hair, big eyebrows, and mild cerebral palsy. And I'm like, man, I got all three of those things. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, when we first started the show, we knew we had something special. Yeah. But it just did not, we just didn't know you know, that people would receive it that well. And in the beginning, people didn't watch the show. No. Uh, we, we didn't have the numbers that we needed, but we were critically acclaimed. And that's what allowed us to stay on the network and stay stay in the in, in your, your living rooms and, and phones and all those things. And, you know, I think um, streaming was a big help for us in the yeah. long run. As much as streaming um, is not the best for for television marketing and film, uh, but when it came to just mass consumerism, uh, it, it definitely is is the the name of the game. But uh, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity, and it changed everything for everyone a part of the show. And you know, I'm still in, in good relations with with everyone a part of the show, and. Um, you know, the the legacy is still going. It you know, is. We had, you know, it's it's Vince is an absolute genius. You know, the stuff he does, he how he does it with Better Call Saul. You think to yourself, how does he keep coming up with new ideas and twisting people? And where you think something's going to happen, he'll completely throw it off. And to be directed by him is, I can't even try and imagine how it felt. It must have been just like this is insane. You, you know, it, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing when Vince was directing and, and, you know, we, we saw his vision through his writing. Yeah. So no matter who was directing, because, because, um, Vince would direct, direct the first. Yeah. And the last, uh, but we would have directors peppered through, um, of all kinds. Yeah. 
we even had um we we had amazing directors um from from all over the world and I was very lucky to get to work with each and every one of them and what was truly remarkable is that the vision never never followed no. um what you saw in the scripts that Vince and the writing team wrote was literally what what came to the screen yeah you could you can literally hold the script and compare it and and I think that's something that's very special um uh, and a testament to the writing that it's just so conveyable <laughs> that it just there and it's there like you know like there's there's a lot of times in life where you work on projects you're like man I don't understand this no. I, I I like I it just does not make sense to me and the whole project doesn't make sense like because everyone's not on that same page and with Breaking Bad it was so the opposite format it was everyone was on the same page everyone knew what we were doing when we were doing it and how we were doing it to a t that everything just went swimmingly and you and the chemistry you had with brian cranston like i never knew and i respect him more than any other actor out there he's unbelievable but i never knew yeah. much and stuff like malcolm in the middle that we had this character of walter white in this person and the way you two are on screen together, the, the intensity that you two have, was it quite challenging to be as revved up as him and in the moment and kind of thinking to yourself, my God, this guy's delivering this performance that is going to be talked about for years. Were you thinking, I need to match this. I need to be there with him. I need to, you know. I mean, yes and no. I like, because you're in it. You're not, yeah. you're not really in, and you know, it wasn't a competition. No, that was that was the thing is like, you know, what you describe there is, is that that competition aspect of the industry where it's like, oh, my God, I got to keep one upping, one upping, one upping and and, <clears throat> and raise my own bar. And, you know, like we had this par where, yes, we wanted to do the best that we could do, but it wasn't that, oh, I have to do better. No. It, I wanna, I wanna match that match energy. It. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna be on that, that, that par, so it doesn't either overbear or overshadow each other. And that's, that's really what we had on the set was this open family, open heart set where it was like it wasn't about um, sidestepping or, 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 or overstepping, but really that that ground par level of like everyone wants to achieve this same goal yeah um so and and we did and when it came to the end and obviously we had the final season was it as secret on set as it was because no leaks came out no spoilers it was great because you know what it's like on twitter and facebook yeah. everyone knows someone there's a photo of a script or there's mm -hmm. someone leaked something but with breaking bad it felt so tight as members of the cast was it kind of the same for you guys it was, um, you know, in season four, we had script leaks. Yeah. Um, and after that, set got locked down. Um, scripts were very, in the beginning, everyone got a script. <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in the pilot, in the first season, second season, even third season, crew got scripts. Yeah. Um, everybody got scripts, you know, it's like Oprah. Like it's, it's <laughs> Ellen. It's like you get a script and you yeah. get a script. Um, season four, five, um, and even technically six, 
no one got scripts no. unless it was the day of and um uh, and really we would get um sometimes we would even get fake scripts or yeah. like unfinished scripts and uh and that was that was very unique and um and you know though we never questioned it i they love could, it i love the fact they that could probably, show up yeah yeah they could show up and hand us a new script on the spot and we'd be like okay and it's great that you said you still keep in contact with them all. I mean, they must have felt like family. You committed so much of your life to that show. Yeah, seven seven years. I started it when I was uh, 13, turning 14, and I finished it 20, turning 21. So, And is it is it amazing to be still known and everyone coming up to you always wanting stories about Breaking Bad? Or are you kind of like, I don't want another Breaking Bad question? No, it's wild. It's wild, you know, but it, it's, it's a very honoring and humbling thing to have a show like breaking bad because it allows me to to reach so many people and make such an impact in the community and the world and no matter where i go or what i do i i can have breaking bad to break the ice for me so that's amazing and now obviously at the moment we're promoting triumph now you're not just acting in that you're you're a producer in this as well correct So, so how did this project come about um so I got reached out to um, by by Michael Coffey and was showing his story. This is uh, this triumph is about Michael Coffey's journey when he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, where he has cerebral palsy and he wanted someone to represent him. So quite a few years ago, they reached out to me about being a part of this project and how I could how I could do or what I could do to help and um, raise funds and brought producers in and and um helped just bring uh bring this project to life and you know been working on this project for around six seven years now and um we had some hiccups along the way but luckily we were able to pull the pull the project up by its bootstraps and and get it done and you know um it was really passionate for me to to be able to tell this man's story and to um provide him that opportunity to bring his story to life yeah you know that's that's something that i love about this film industry is that film and television media in general but but film and television really immortalizes story and can change the future as well as the past and i find that if you're able to take someone's um story and journey and, and archive it and recreate it in a way um, that, that is a testament to them and you have them actually still alive as a reference you can create quite an amazing story that that relates and is real um, to so many people and you know I, I feel like it was a story that people needed to hear and see and I'm very happy we're able to bring this film to fruition. And how was it acting alongside Terrence Howard? Because obviously I'm a big fan of Marvel, so seeing him in Iron yeah. Man, and then obviously the Oscar-winning film Crash. You know, he's been yeah. there, done it all. How, how was it working alongside him? It was good. I mean, he only worked a few days, so yeah. um, I mean, like people like Terrence, you know, they come in, they work three days, and they're out. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it was cool. He was a cool, dude. Um, yeah, you know, Jonathan Satch, me and him, I don't know if you know Jonathan Satch, um, who plays my father in the film, me and him really hit it off. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed working with him. And, um, you know, we had a great cast, Victoria Cox and um, Colton Haynes. And 
um, a lot of amazing people who really felt passionate about this project. And, and that was something that we needed um, because this isn't just some project, like some, some money grab, right? This is, this is a project that has value and, and it's someone's life and their worth. And to me, um, having the right energy and the right people behind it are key. Yeah. And with this now being out there, done, you've been involved as being a producer and an actor. What do you want to do next? Obviously, the world's gone to crazy shit. Yeah. And obviously, it's not normal. But when we are starting to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, what are you wanting to do next? Do you want to get involved in more passionate projects that you can get be involved in being a producer? Or would you like to carry on doing more acting or... Well, I would like a nice big check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, first and foremost, the next project, I would, I would like to have a few commas attached to it. Yeah. Uh, but um, I wouldn't mind directing. Um, I'm, I'm doing, I have a few projects in the works right now. I'm working on a, um, a, a marijuana kind of project right now um, based in Texas. Okay. Um, that we're working on getting funded and produced. It's a, it's like a, it's a movie slash potential miniseries. Um, so that's something that I'm working on. I have another project that came out, um, I don't know, this past year called The Oak Room. Um, that's doing fairly well. Um, and then I have um, a few other projects. I just, as you, as listeners can't see, uh, I, I have a shaved head. Yep. And um, just wrapped up finishing a, another project called Isaac, which I have another week of filming left. Um, and, and just doing a lot of work. I'm, I'm living in a town called Brownsville at the moment. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Brownsville. Whereabouts that? Um, uh, South Texas. Oh, wow. Um, very South. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of SpaceX, correct? Yeah. So we're, we're down. SpaceX is like 45 minutes away from my house. Wow. Um, but, um, but I've been here before SpaceX came here. Yeah, um, I was here cool. first. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so doing a lot of work down here with my family foundation. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of taking up a lot of my time. I'm actually I have a board meeting later today. Uh, so uh, so I have to handle that in the next little bit. But uh, but just working. I like to do some directing. But we'll we'll see what happens. The future is endless. I mean, directing is a great thing. And I see a lot of people that have done acting and then love the fact that they can get to go behind the camera because they've got the experience of how they want to be treated from a director and as an actor. So it's really interesting to hear that you're starting to get those thoughts and hopefully go into that because I think, you know, the, the possibilities could be endless. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I find myself really wanting, like I, I, well, I'm very lucky to have learned the right shots, and the yeah. right angles and... So when I see people on set or we're doing things, I'm just like, I'll, I'll be like, I'm one of those people, like, because I, I usually have a very good power with my directors or, or my DPs. I'm like, yo, that's not going to work. And they're like, no, trust me, trust me. And they're like, yeah, that didn't work. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I've definitely over the last, like, five years noticed my my ability for filmmaking has grown quite significantly. And I think it's just that that effect of crossover um of, of knowing how all these moving parts as well as you don't have to remember any lines i ask a lot of actors the same question and i i'm really intrigued by this do you watch your own performances back or do you finish and that's it you just kind of you if finish you know, and done finish yeah. one, I, I do the work i yeah. i film it 
And then, nope. Even, I, I, even with Breaking Bad? Yep. Even send, send that baby off. Send oh that. Like, no, this this don't look like me. Send that away. <laughs> That's crazy. You're missing out on a good show there, dude. Well, I, I've seen the first episode of every season and the last episode of the last season. Wow, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. <laughs> I read it. I I know what happened. I I read all of them, so I'm I'm very aware of what happens in the show. Uh, I was there. Yeah. Is it is it that you can't see? Did you just do sort of cringe yourself, or you just don't yeah look, yeah? Not not a fan. Not a fan. No. I, don't, I don't even know how y'all listen to my voice. I'm just like not about it. Oh man! One day, sit down, get the box set. Get some munchies and just sit and enjoy it. I got the box set. I got two box sets sitting on my shelf. Uh, uh, <laughs> that shit's still wrapped. <laughs> and the question I ask everybody that comes on the show, it doesn't matter if they're a director, an actor, producer, but what advice do you give to people that are listening today, like yourself, that want to get into the industry, that are wanting to be an actor? You said you went and you should go for any extra work you can, but what else advice can you give to these people that are listening? You know, home in your social media. Um, yeah. Be aware of what you say, what you post. Um, that's that's pro- that's more relevant than ever before. That's even more relevant than being a good actor. Um, just because if you don't have the right um, messaging or content, or if you're putting out things that people may not understand or, or may find. Um, hurtful but but no intending to not intending to be hurtful but may find hurtful yeah um you gotta protect that you gotta you gotta you gotta refine your social media you gotta understand that being in this industry you have an obligation um not just to yourself but to the masses to mass media to to every person that you see and talk or because they're all potential um fans of your work they're all people that are going to see you and I find you have to really protect yourself. Um, so really home in your social media, clean that thing out, um, yeah. and, uh, and, and get an accurate representation of who you are online. Sign up for acting classes. Sign up for, for um, extra work. I know the acting classes now, most of them are online, yeah. uh, which is weird. I'm not a big fan of that, yeah. but, uh, but the, th- the thing is, as long as you're working with someone and you're coaching on your auditions and you're putting yourself out there, just keep trying. You know, I, I've known people that have worked 30 years and through that 30 years, they knocked on every door and just, it didn't work except for that 30th year when they get the role and here they are and it's like they're they're a star now and that's yeah. the thing it's just if you have a dream don't give up your dream be it acting um life whatever it may be travel if you have a dream to do so go for it wholeheartedly and how have you found the whole lockdown stuff have you been able to get involved in more projects you didn't think has it took a big kind of halt for you is it frustrating or have you kind of reflected on what you want from life or has it just been a bit of a kick in the dick and you're like oh this is just frustrating i mean i mean i lost 80 percent of my income last year so that that was a pain in the ass yeah um but um 
but you know, I I have a lot of work that is um still carries on. Yeah. Hell hell or high water. Um yeah. so so for me, um all my industry projects, yes, got halted. Yeah. Uh but um but when it came to my philanthropic work and my foundation work, you know, we, we still have meetings online. We still we still do the daily the daily grinds and finance and all that. So really for me it's more or less um I gained thirty pounds because I'm not traveling. Yeah. <laughs> um like you know, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not working in traditionally how I used to but I'm, I'm still working every day. I work, I work even twice as much now than I did before. Yeah. That's a good, I just thing. don't, I just don't make as much money as I did before. You don't, you don't make as much sitting on it, sitting on a screen. Sell, sell those breaking bad box sets. Yo, I have, man. I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been I've been pushing them. I'm, that's why I got two left. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 200 of them. Yeah. I wish. Damn. All signed, all oh, signed yeah. and sold. Yeah, them as well. Just like Brian on them. Oh my God, get get sued instantly. <laughs> it, like big old scandal. And have you got any plans to um, do any more conventions? Are you going to come to the UK when things are back normal? Yeah, um, I just kind of actually asked to do a convention um, next month in Boston. Yeah. Um, so so the stuff is coming back around. Um, I have some other plans potential um for the uk but as of right now um open schedule yeah and my final yes. question and i make this quite unique for the episode is i get the guest on the spot to choose the piece of music that will be the outro music on the episode okay i don't want to give you too long to think about it uh, i know you like quite a lot of bands we sat and talked in london about sort of metal and rock bands and yeah. stuff but what is a song that means a lot to you that when I ask the question, it instantly comes to your kind of heart and soul that you think would be a great outro song for you that personally sums up RJ Mitty and, you know, your music taste and your love for music? There, there was a few songs, but, you know, I think the Breaking Bad theme song would, yeah. would, would be a good kill, a kill, kill this interview. Perfect. Okay, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> And have you been going to any, uh, well, there's not any on, but have you got any gigs coming up or any festivals or anything? Well, I uh, I just saw, I, I was actually just, uh, I don't know if you know who Danzig is. Yeah, uh, I do. Glenn Danzig. So I was just, I just had lunch with him the other day or dinner wow. with him the other day. Um, talked to George with Hollywood and Dead not too long ago. Very cool. Um, I, um, I, I got plans, but as of right now, Nothing really, just because it's it's society's weird right now, you know. Yeah. I'll I'll go to private venues or private things where it's like a, a closed down event, but you ain't catching me at any mass nah. mass parties. I just that's just a recipe for disaster right now, and it's not even COVID that I'm worried about. No, just <laughs> I'm just, idiots, everyone. It's it's yeah. wild right now, man. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know it's been a long time. It's good to catch up with you again. And it's, I hope, we don't, leave I hope we don't leave it so long next time. For sure. Well, you know how to find me. Any questions or if you have yep. any more ideas, hit me up, man. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the absolutely outstanding actor, RJ Mitty. A hero to me, one of the best people in the business and so easy to talk to. We just click from the moment we speak and you know what? I can't wait to get him back on for future episodes of the Mark and Me podcast. 
We did discuss his brand new film Triumph. I've been lucky enough to see this film and it's out right now. It's absolutely amazing and you will love it. So please go and check this film out. And as always, let me know on social media what you think. All the links to my social media are on markandme.com. On there, there's my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, and also my email. I personally respond to every single message I ever receive, every tweet and every Facebook comment, and I'm very proud of that. And that won't ever change. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please let me know and I promise to reply. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon page set up. I do this to make sure I can fund the podcast to go on all various different platforms, and it really does help. You can go on the Patreon site and there's a link on markandme.com and on there you can be a Patreon for as little as £1 per month. For that, at the moment, you're getting an opportunity to win some Last Exit to Nowhere t-shirts, some incredible prints that aren't even available to buy, artist-proof prints from Vice Press and so many more prizes that just change from month to month. It's my way of thanking you for the support you give me, which allows Mark and me to be all over the world on all these different platforms. So please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, jump on there and the support goes a very long way. If you don't want to support me on there, that's absolutely fine. The podcast will always remain free, but all I ask is you share it on your Facebook, your Twitter or your Instagram. I say it on each and every episode because it's crucial to get the success behind Mark and me. It costs absolutely nothing to do and all those people that are on your networks then get to see this episode and hopefully will tune in and become a listener for life and for that it's absolutely gold so thank you. I'll be back in only a few days time with a brand new episode so until then please look after yourself, take care and I'll speak to you all soon.